The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody again. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And um, today we continue in, in part three of our series on securing a limitless future. Securing a limitless future. And, and securing a limitless future is actually about having a limitless life. If, if your life, if, you, if you're able to break the barriers in your lives in all areas that we've mentioned, and you're able to get those areas integrated, working together. Which areas are these? We are talking about family, faith, friendships, finances, fitness, and the farm. And if we're able to get all these six areas that is working together, all in harmony, our family, our faith, our friendships, our finances, our fitness, our farm, if we're able to get them to work in harmony, and while we're at it, we have fun doing it. So integrating these areas, and we explain that it, it ought not to be a zero-sum game. In other words, you, you shouldn't rub it to paper. You shouldn't have to give up in family what you gain in finance. You shouldn't have to give up in fitness what you, you gain in farm. You shouldn't have to give up in friendships what you gain in maybe in family or, or vice versa that these six core areas should it is god's will that they should all work in tandem in harmony so pastor what what, what are you saying what i'm saying is this that your life your future becomes limitless without limits when you stop seeing these areas as competing with each other and instead you see them as completing each other when you are able to eradicate the, the conflict so when you see a conflict wherever there's a conflict that is usually a sign that you are skewed to one area rather than the whole you are robbing peter to to pay Paul. And, and God wants every part to work in harmony. Like we said, when all these parts are working in harmony, we truly begin to become limitless. So we take our text. Our text remains Second Kings chapter 4. And, you know, Second Kings chapter 4, we've been looking at this since last year. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. The Word of God is fresh every morning, new every morning, every morning. Amazing. So, Second Corinthians 4, from verse 1. One day, the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? 
Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her son kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. <laughs> then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and Pay your debt and live thou and thy sons, thy children, on the rest. So we see at play here, we see family, we see faith, we see fitness, we see friendships, we see finance, we see farm. And initially when you look at this scripture, it may not be as obvious as it is, but you know, if you've been with us from part one, everything begins to pop out <laughs> at you. Even right now, I'm sure, by the grace of God, you know, and you're like, oh, I see that, oh, I see that, oh, I see that. So today, we are going to look at friendships. Everybody say friendships. Friendships. And the term friendships is being used here to uh, loosely represent relationships is it's being used there loosely and it, it represents relationships so when you see friendships here we're talking about relationships relationships but you know all the f's need to be complete so we have to put the f's the friendship there you know so yeah friendships relationships that's what we're talking about today you see many times people go through life saying oh but i don't have friends anymore oh i don't have friends oh i used to have friends but now I've lost all my friends. Nobody knows. Maybe you change jobs. Maybe you, change, you move locations. Maybe you're even in the same location. Maybe you are, you've gone through different seasons. Maybe seasons have changed. You know, but, but, but the truth is that, you see, God, God always, always says to us that we need people. You need friendships. You need relationships. The scripture says that he that has a friend must show himself friendly. He that had a friend must show himself friendly. In other words, if you want friends, you have to take initiative. If you want friends, if you want relationships, you have to take initiative. You have to be on the front foot. You have to ask for that um, relationship to happen. You have to ask for that lunch date. You have to ask for, to help that neighbor. You have to, to ask to see, can I babysit this person or this your child for you while you go on a date with your husband or with your wife? You, you need to take initiative. And at every point in time, God wants us to take initiative and keep having friends, keep having relationships, you know, keep 
building our friendships, you know. However, growing up, you know, my, my, my mom would say to us, you know, that show me your friend and I will tell you who you are or I will show you who you will become. <laughs> and, you know, that used to taunt us a lot. I mean, me particularly as a teenager, you know, I mean, because, and if you're a teenager listening to me, you must have heard it before from your parents, if you have an African parent, that show me your friend and I will tell you who you are, you know. And we just like some friends that, you know, we just like that they are friends, but your parents can see that this guy or you know, this girl is no good, you know, and we struggle in that area. And we are like, why are you so judgmental, you know, why are you so... <laughs> but if we live long enough, we'll realize that those friends are actually trouble. They're actually trouble. So, so uh, what, what I'm saying in a sense is this. You must have heard me say this before. I mean, someone said, I can't remember who did, um, say, who said it now. And, 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 and the person said that you are, I think it was John D. Dumas or something, that you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. In every area of your life, you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. Spiritually, you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. So be deliberate in your relationships. Cast your nets because you never know. But be deliberate in your relationship. But let's, let's come home to this passage of scripture. When, if you look at 2 Kings 4, we see in 2 Kings 4, five friendships, if you will, five relationships, five types of relationships that you should have. Uh, five types of relationships that you should have. Some, you need to seek them out. Some will seek you out. However, these five, you need them in your life. You need them in your life to be limitless, to truly become all that God has called you to be. You need to have these five relationships. Are you ready? All in this passage of scripture, these five relationships you need to have. What are these five relationships? I'll just go through them. Then we'll, we'll unpack them one by one by one. You need to have number one, a conspirator. Everybody say, conspirator. Mm, you need a conspirator. Number two, you need a constituent. Everybody say, constituent. You need a constituent. Number three, you need comrades. You need comrades. Number four, you need confidence. You need a confident or confidence. Number five, you need a commander. So we have conspirator, constituent, comrade, confident, commander. Everybody needs Conspirator, constituent, comrade, confident, and commander. Commander. I will see this five in this passage of scripture. Second Kings four. Second Kings four. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor, everybody say creditor, 
creditor. A creditor has come threatening, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do for you? Elisha asked. Everybody say, Elisha. Elisha asked, tell me what do you have in your house, in the house? Nothing except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends. Everybody say, friends, friends. And neighbors, everybody say, neighbors, neighbors. Then, <laughs> go into the house with your sons. Everybody say, sons, sons. And shut the door behind you. Pour oil from your flask into the jars. Setting each one aside when it is filled. So we see the first one that jumps out at us here is the conspirator. We all need, now these ones are the ones that will find you out. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really say, I'm going out to look for consp a conspirator. I mean, uh, so, so what's a, who is a conspirator? What does, what does it mean? I mean, it's, what does it mean? A conspirator, according to the dictionary, is a person who plots with others to do something harmful. So a person that plots with others to hate on you, to spread rumors about you, or to harm you if they are able to, they are conspirators. So anyone in league with Satan's agenda for your life is an enemy, is a conspirator. Anyone in league with Satan's agenda, you know sometimes we have well-meaning people but they are on the wrong side. Let me give you an example. Peter said to Jesus, Oh, you are not going to go to the cross. And Jesus said to Peter, Get it behind me, Satan. At that point in time, Peter was on the wrong side. He became a conspirator. He was conspiring with Satan. He, became, he, he, he came in league with Satan. And Jesus called him out for what it is. There is no beef. <laughs> Jesus was still friends with, with Peter. But Jesus said, listen, you are an adversary to me. This statement is, in, is not in line with what the Father has said. It's in line with the plans of the enemy. So we all have to, um, the word is, shine our eyes you need to shine your eyes <laughs> you know sometimes we are too sentimental we see conspirators a lot of people have died because they refuse to call a spade a spade someone is going around propagating your downfall the person is your enemy yes what we do with our enemies is nothing entirely but the person is your enemy Jesus says, love your enemies, right? So I, I, that's not even where we are going today. <laughs> you know? But the key thing is this. They are enemies. It is what it is. Conspirators are in league with Satan's agenda for your life. What's Satan's agenda for your life? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Everyone in league to steal from you, to make you lose ground, is your enemy. Anyone attempting to kill you you know, the Bible says if you hate your, 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 your brother, your mother, that's even on, on this spectrum. Anyone 
trying to destroy you is your enemy. It is what it is. Conspirators will find you. I mean, we said if you want to, if you need to want to have friends, you need to be friendly. You know, you don't go around saying, okay, I want to make friends with this person. I want to start a relationship with this person, and I want the person to be a conspirator. <laughs> Nobody does that. We we try when we are striking out relationships, we try to look for the best that you know and all that. Talk. But you need the conspirator. Second Kings 4, verse 1. It says, my husband now, as who served you, is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord, but a creditor. The conspirator here is the creditor. The time of the loan is not known to us. So we are not even going to the times of the loan. We are not even going to the conditions of the loan. We are just going into the effect of the situation. The conspirator, the creditor has come threatening. Conspirators threaten to harm. Some threaten, some go ahead by harming. And if you ignore the threats, you are going to be armed. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you see things as you ought to see them. You will, you will not ignore the th things that are threatening your well-being in the name of Jesus. Threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Now, it's big. It's huge. If this woman did nothing, if she says oh, it's just a threat, it's just a threat, nothing will happen. She was going to lose her two sons. Because Anyone that is able to threaten you, you must assume that they are able to carry out their threats. That's how to be, that's how, that's how to win. You must assume that. So you must unleash everything you have to get out of that situation. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you see this is so beautiful? There's so much in this, in this passage of scriptures. Now, this creditor. Again, we are not interested in the terms of the loan. We are interested in the reality on ground. This creditor is threatening to take the two sons. The enemy doesn't stop when you give him an inch. He doesn't stop when you give him a foothold. He doesn't stop. You can't say, okay, let me lose some to the devil. After all, let me be happy with this more. Listen, when he takes the one you are willing to give, he will come for the one you are not willing to give. So you must fight even for the ones that you think you are not willing to give. And push back the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Satan will have no ground in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Satan will have no hold on you. In the name of Jesus, and no hold on all that is yours. In the name of Jesus. And not just to take the two sons as slaves. As slaves. In other words, the woman will know that the, the child is that the children are alive. The property will be sold to a far country, and she will live every day, you know, in torture, every day of her life, in torment. The devil is a bad devil, but God is a good God. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So while the enemy has come that to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus has come that we may have life and have it more 
abundantly. So the conspirator is against you. And you're like, Pastor, you're saying these are people I should have. <laughs> these are five relationships I should have. Yes, yes. Why? Because it is the people against you many times that bring out the best out of you. Sometimes, sometimes, the people that are for you, that are on your side, let's use that loosely, because as we're going to get further in, we're going to unpack it further. They are your safe place. Thank God for them. But it is the people that are against you that puts you on your toes. It's the people that are against you that make you spend those hours on your knees, those time in prayer. That the people that are against you that say you will not get that job, you will not get that business, you will not get that promotion, it will not be well with your children, or it will not be that they're saying evil things against you. Those are the people that forces us to rise, to dig deep and become all that God has called us to be. So we need to realize that we need the conspirators, even though we don't go fishing for them. We need them. Look at Joseph's brothers. They came to him and they said, oh, we've, we've done wrong. We've offended you, Joseph. We've done wrong. And Joseph said, you meant it for evil. Don't worry. But God, God meant it for good. Hallelujah. So we have to be able to realize that. Look, conspirators are conspirators. The dividing line is the will of the Father for your life. Jesus says, I want you to prosper. And be in health, even as your soul prospers. The enemy has a different plan for you. Anyone on this side of the enemy becomes a conspirator, becomes an enemy. Anyone on this side becomes a friend, if you will, on the side of God. Jesus always had that on lockdown. I mean, we've shared it before. Why Jesus was Jesus looked at Peter and said. Get behind me, Satan. But guess what Jesus said to Judas? Judas, the number one conspirator, the guy that conspired with the enemy to sell Jesus, he sold him out. Now listen, if somebody can sell Jesus as good, as blameless as Jesus was, if someone can sell him out, someone can betray him, and you're wondering why they are betraying you or why anybody will betray? Betrayers are disloyal people. The situation always exposes the disloyalty in their heart. Don't be surprised. They are Judases of this world. But the point is this. When Jesus saw Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus looked at Judas and said, friend. Jesus looked at Peter way before then and said, Satan, Peter is guy, very loyal. Jesus looked at Judas in the garden of Gethsemane, and said, friend. Why would Jesus call Judas friend? Simple. At the time that Judas was a conspirator, he was in line with what the father wanted done. Oh, 
Hallelujah. So the things that the enemy is throwing your way to destroy you, they think they are after your destiny. Guess what? They are actually helping heaven to bring your destiny to pass. Hallelujah. That's big. It's huge. That's why you, 1 Corinthians 2 would say that if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Son of God. So if, 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 if the prince of this world, the, the wisdom that we speak is hidden, it is hidden, and they, they, they don't understand it. Why? Because if they do, they would have left you the way you are. But because they don't, they've attacked you, they've betrayed you, now God is bringing out the best out of you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. So my brother, you need a conspirator. <laughs> my sister, you need a conspirator. You do. You do. So that's number one. You see there, conspirator. We need them. We we'll triumph over them. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. Say amen. Number two, your constituents. In this story, it is pretty clear that the constituents were the neighbors. The neighbors. He says, go to your neighbors. Go to your constituents. You see, neighbors exist because you have a common interest. That's all. Neighbors exist because you have a common interest. There's something that brought you together that makes you neighbors. Living where you are living, location brought you together. You become neighbors. Sometimes going where they are going. You are going to Calabar by air or by road. You come into the, the, the vehicle, the bus or the airplane. You become neighbors <laughs> with the people that are going. So once the common interest goes... Once the location is no longer in place, once you move out of the estate, you lose your neighbors. You see, once, once, once you disembark from the, from the flight, once that common interest, okay, we, we've all arrived at Tokyo, everybody go your way. That is your constituents. So when you understand the nature of your neighbors, you, you enjoy your neighbors, you add value to your neighbors, but you treat them as neighbors. Never, ever take a neighbor beyond being a neighbor, except the transition. It's possible to transition, don't get me wrong. Except this transition. So your constituent is for what you are for. Your constituents are the people that are for what you are for. They, there's a common interest. Now, they are not like conspirators. Conspirators are against you. Your constituents are not against you, but they are for what you are for. That is all. That is all. They are just for what you are for. So you need neighbors. When it was time for this woman to move to her next level, she needed her neighbors. To move to your next level, you need your neighbors. But you need to discern that this person is a neighbor. Everyone said neighbor. Neighbor, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. So if you know this person is your neighbor, 
<laughs> Once location is not in place, at least it's not common, they vanish out of your life. That interest is not there to sustain it. When, because you can be seeing them in estate meetings, they're thinking, oh, I have a friend. No, no, they are not friends, they are neighbors. You know, oh, but move out of the estate and you will know. <laughs> or once that direction is out of place. So when you are able to categorize this clearly, your life is at peace. Your life is at peace. A neighbor is just a neighbor. You marry your neighbor, for instance. You, some people marry their neighbors. So it's now time to relocate. They move to the UK. But since they marry the neighbor, the neighbor is Nigeria, the neighbor is connected to, or the other way around. There are people in both ways. I've seen people in both ways. Then the UK, the one person moves to Nigeria, and the other person says, sorry, I can't move to Nigeria, and boom, that's the end of the relationship. You know, even though it's the marriage relationship, that's supposed to be a lifetime. People should not marry their neighbors, quote unquote. You can find them interesting, but guess what? It is just that interest that is common to you. Hallelujah. That is it for constituents. The people that understand this are the politicians. You hear a perfect <laughs> um, 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 edict or, if you will, mantra of, of the politicians. You hear them say that there are no permanent enemies. There are only permanent interests. That's why it confuses the, the majority when they see that these politicians were fighting at election, but they are both together at their daughter's wedding, laughing, drinking, you know, eating lavishly, but they come out as their enemies. Meanwhile, people are killing themselves, queuing behind each politician. Meanwhile, the politicians are even sleeping over in their houses watching Netflix. <laughs> because the people don't understand that there are no permanent enemies. Those permanent interests. But the politicians understand that. You don't have permanent, why should you want to have any enemy? You should not have any enemy in life. Conspirators, constituents. Number three, how many did I say we do? <laughs> yeah, five. Comrades, number three, comrades, comrades. Now, these comrades are, are tricky, They're very pretty tricky because comrades are people we usually we call friends. <clears throat> Remember, we use friendships to represent relationships loosely. But the people we will refer to as friends, quote unquote, are comrades. Comrades. If you check that scripture, and verse 3, it says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors from your friends and neighbors. Friends and neighbors, to distinct things. So the people we mostly call friends are comrades. So who are comrades? Comrades, friends, exist because you have a common enemy. They exist because you have a common enemy. 
they are not for you. They are not for what you are for. They are not against you. They are against what you are against. That's a comrade. That's a comrade. Comrades, we, we see them as, as, as good friends because a comrade will defend you. Sometimes a comrade can even lay down their life for you. But they are not for you. They are not against you. They are not for what you are for. They are just against what you are against. So when we see comrades that are sold out like that, they can place their life down on, on, for the mission or for the assignment. Because you don't see it as that, you think they are placing their life down for you. You say, oh, you have such a loyal person. But they're just comrades. They're just comrades. Tricky kind of loyalty. So many people have married their comrades. Now, when you marry a comrade, the problem is this. Once you solve the problem that both of you have in common, <laughs> there's nothing more to live for. For instance, when two people are running from poverty, that poverty becomes a common enemy. Then God blesses them. They overcome that. They are very comfortable. They are living well. Guess what? The enemy is gone. And that's why people just wake up and say, look, get out. Now, the point is this. What brought them together is gone. They were just comrades. Don't marry a comrade. Except, of course, the transition. So, um, hardly do conspirators transition. Constituents can transition. Comrades can also transition. So, your comrade are against what you are against. They are not against you. They are not necessarily for what you are for. They are not even for you. <laughs> they are for what you are against. And we all need comrades. We all need friends. But don't get it twisted. A comrade is a comrade, except they have transitioned. A comrade remains a comrade. So we have the conspirator. From the passage of scripture, we have the constituents. Number three, we have the comrades. Number four, we have the confidence. The confidence. And in this story, the confidence will be the sons. Will be the sons. These are people that when they go down, you go down. They go down with you. When you go down, they go down. You go down with them. So the confidence exists because of you. The confidence exists because of you. The interesting thing about confidence is that they don't sometimes always see what you see. In fact, they don't sometimes always agree with what you agree with. But guess what? They are always for you. I've been blessed with a couple of people like that, you know, that they don't always see what you see. Maybe because of your giftedness, you see farther, or maybe you see a different direction or dimension. They don't always agree, but they are always for you. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will bring people into your life that will be for you, that will be for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. True 
loyalty is embodied in the confidant. They are the true friends. They are the true friends. That, that, they are the friends that love at all times. You know, the Bible says the friends love at all times. They are these guys. And you want to marry your confidant. You want, that's the person you want to marry. Not your conspirator, obviously. <laughs> Not. People marry people that become conspirators. Painful, very painful. Not your constituents. No. No. Not your comrades. No. You want to marry your confidant. People that, sometimes they look at you and they say, this guy is crazy. But we are with him. Oh, this girl, I don't understand. Oh, yeah, she's a little bit squirrely, uh, squirrely. <laughs> but she's my girl. You know, they are for you. And, you know, I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone that is a confident in your life, that God will bless them. I'm praying for them, the confidence, the people that are for you, that God will, the, the God of heaven will bless them. So your confidence are for you. Your confidence are not against you. They are not a conspirator. They are not for what you are for. They are not your constituents. They are not against what you are against. They are not your comrades. They are for you. They are not just for what you are for. And they are not just against what you are against. They are for you. They are for you. Your person, they are for you. And this is where the circle gets very small. The, 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 the circle of the, of the constituents can be big. Uh, the, the circle of, of, of the conspirator, sometimes, depending on the season of, of life, can actually be very big. The circle of the comrades is smaller than the constituent, mostly. But the circle of the confidence is actually smaller. It's actually smaller. So don't get it twisted. You see, many times we bring neighbors, those that are just constituents, into where confidence, those that are family, should be. Now, remember, Elisha said to the widow, borrow from your friends, comrades, and your neighbors, constituents. Don't borrow from your enemies. <laughs> Don't borrow from your conspirators. No! Don't borrow from your conspirators. They will come after your children. Borrow from your friends. Borrow from your neighbors. Borrow from your constituents. Borrow from your comrades. But go in to your room with your sons. Oh, huge, 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 huge. Go in with your sons. Don't, yes, you borrowed from, from your neighbor. You borrowed from your friend. Don't say, ah, Yasikira, come and see what the, the man of God said that we should be doing. No, no. Don't say, oh, this person is my friend. You know, quote and unquote, they, they, they can die for me. They, they are just comrades. Don't bring them into the room. This will save your life. You see, even when you misjudge people and they turn against you, as long as your room is secure, you will survive it. Praise the name of the Lord. So this woman could 
bring, and many of them, you see, one of the things in warfare also, you need to, you need to, deception is a big part of warfare. It's a big part of warfare. You know, like Ukraine, <laughs> Russia, <laughs> I don't even want to go into that. Once war is declared, or once they're in the war terrain, deception is a big part of warfare. So sometimes you can make your comrades think that they are confident. Then they show themselves. You can make your constituents actually feel that they are, com that they are confident. Then they show themselves. And you can work all those things. But that's not even where we are going. That, those are the details of tactics in warfare. But that's not where we are going. So this cycle gets smaller and smaller. Don't bring the, the constituent into the room. Only bring the confidence. Just two. In this case of this woman, just two. This cycle gets smaller. This cycle gets smaller. So we see, number one, the conspirators. Number two, the constituents. Number three, the comrades. Number four, the confidence. And number five, the commander. <laughs> the commander. You need a commander in different, all the different areas. They call them mentors. So if you want to get fit, you need someone that will say to you, 20 press-ups a day, go jog for 45 minutes, get your cardio up, do boppies, do, 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 do 50, do this, do this, and give you instructions. In your finances, you need a commander that will give you instructions. Sometimes this one commander comes across. And of course, spiritually, you need a commander that will give you instructions. Commanders give you instructions. That's what they do. They give you instructions. In this story, the commander is Elisha. The commanders, they, are not, they don't care how you feel. They don't care what is paining you. They don't care, let's say, let's take fitness for instance. They don't care if you are sore. They, they may appear mean, they may appear insensitive, but they have an, they have an objective to make you the better version of you, to take you from where you are to where you ought to be. That is their job. So the commanders, they are stuck in trade is instructions, not advice, not suggestions, instructions. If you are looking for suggestion and advice, go to your constituents. If you are looking or your comrades, if you are looking for a good idea, go to your comrades or your constituents or even your confidence. But you see, your confidence, your constituents, your comrades, and definitely your conspirators don't have that word, that instruction for your next level. That instruction that will take you to your next level resides with the commander. Resides with the commander. Second Kings 4, 3 says, from 3 says, and Elisha said, borrow. That was not a suggestion. It's an instruction. Go and borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. That's an instruction. Then go into your house. Clear instruction. You and your sons shut the door behind you. Pour oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside. When it is filled, until it's filled, 
So she did as she was told. You see, the miracle for this woman is big, multifaceted. You see all the all the components at play. We, we, we saw the conspirator, we saw the constituent, we saw the comrades, we saw the confidant. You see the commander. You don't negotiate with the commander. A lot of people have negotiated out their destinies. You don't negotiate with someone that is anointed to give instructions. You don't negotiate. You take the instructions. So she did as she was told. Many people say, ah, uh, Pastor, are you sure? A three days fast, ah, without food and water, ah, Pastor, you want to kill somebody? Let, <laughs> let us, ah, they will say 21, ah, 21 days, ah, ah, Pastor, no be wicked, Jesus, nah. You know, let's do this thing softly, softly. An instruction is an instruction. If it's, except it's not an instruction, then you go to your constituent to get that suggestions. But with the commander, it is an instruction. So your commander instructs you. Your commander is not against you. Your commander, guess what? Is not just for what you are for. Your commander is not just against what you are against. Your commander is not just for you. Your commander instructs you. So people can be for what you are for. But they don't have that instruction that will take you to the next level. People can be against what you're against, but they don't have that instruction that will take you to the next level. People are actually for you, for you, but they still don't have that instruction that will take you to the next level. They can sit with you, sit, sing kumbaya, kumbaya. <laughs> but they don't have it. Why? It's not, that's not their role. And, but God bless you if you have a commander. There is a confidence that, you know, and all that. But you need a commander. In verse 7 of 2 Kings 4, we see, Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, he told her, that, ah, this thing is full. Everything is done. You see, that's another thing. When you have instructions, this, you need to, you are not the one that gave yourself that first instruction. So you need to let the person that gave you the instruction know that it has come. It's like, it's like coming back. When you have a heart of gratitude, you go back to where you got the instruction from, where you got the blessings from. The 10 lepers, the one went back. 10 were healed, but one came back and gave a testimony. And Jesus says, you are whole. So Jesus gave another instruction that took him to a higher level. This woman could just have taken the oil. I said, ah, okay, let me, um, let me bless you, Yasekira. You gave me vessel. Take some oil. Okay, uh, let, me, let me, no, 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 no. He could, she could have also, you know, cooked with some, you know, and, you know, and taking the oil to the creditor, you know, just make a mess of it. I mean, sorted out the debt, but not maximizing it. However, however, she came back to Elisha. This is huge. And told the man of God, I've done what you have said. This is the miracle. And here's the next instruction. You don't get the next instruction until you come back with the fruits of the first instruction. <laughs> you know, it's big. 
Many people live and die on the first instruction. But usually, it is the second instruction that brings wholeness, that brings abundance, that releases into, into your wealthy place. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and leave thou and thy children on the rest. Sell the oil, pay your debt. You see, so Elisha gave very clear instruction. Sell the oil. You know what that means? That means return those vessels empty back to where you got them. <laughs> there is no party for jungle. Quote unquote, you, know, you know what I mean? You borrowed from neighbor A, B, C, D, E, F. Return those vessels A, B, C, D, E, F. Sell the oil. Don't start a charity. Don't begin to sell the oil. Don't say, oh, okay, this my neighbor is, is, is having a birthday party. Well, I have a lot of oil. Take some oil because mm -mm. sell the oil. We can't, there's a lot there. I've unpacked it a bit. I mean, previously, if, if, if you want to get a lot more on that, there's a teaching we did some time ago titled, Go Sell the Oil. You, you may want to um, find it and, and, and listen to it. So, but, but, we, but we go on from there. So the commander, the commander. Now, Jesus says to us in John 15, 14, John 15, 14. Jesus says, you are my friends. Mm. If you do what I command you, boom. Jesus is saying, the friendship, the relationship that I and yourself can have, it is commander kind of relationship. That's what Jesus is saying. So you you can you say that friendship you know we are using it loosely to mean relationship. So you can read this to mean you can you have a relationship with me when I am your commander. That's what Jesus is saying. You have a relationship with me when I am your commander. You are my friends if you do. But I so Jesus Jesus says to you, turn left. Yes, sir. Jesus says to you, turn right. Yes, sir. Jesus says to you, buy that property. Yes, sir. Holy Ghost says to you, sell that crypto. Yes, sir. Holy Ghost says to you, begin to fast. Yes, sir. It is commander... Uh, Boy relationship. <laughs> the commander and his boy. That is what it is. And guess what? This is the smallest cycle. We said, depending on the season of life, the conspirator can be very large. Then the constituents can be, is also large. You know? Then your comrades become smaller. Then your confidence becomes even smaller. Your commander, <laughs> even, it is, it is the it is the smallest circle, you know. It's sometimes just a dot, just one dot. Take, for instance, fitness. We use that as an example. You have a commander. You cannot be listening to 15 fitness coaches. You, I mean, you create confusion for yourself. You want coaches saying you are doing this, another coach is saying you are doing that. One coach says oh, you are going to be eating K 
kale and um, and um, and spinach, and that could say no, 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 no. You can go on a meat uh, meat diet. You know, so you can be confused in that area. Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting that spiritually. They are confused, completely confused. Eating from here, taking from there, taking from. Not the person that is saying take meat, red meat diet. They know what they are saying. If you follow it by itself. The person that is saying, go be um, um, just vegetables and, and just plant-based, they know what they're saying. If you follow it by itself, but you cannot, you're here, you're there, you're here, you're there, you're there, you're here. You, find, you, you, you will not be consistent. And you will not get the results. That's how it is. So we see here that the five, Relationships, the five C's, relationships that we need, all in this passage of scripture. Conspirators, constituents, comrades, confidants, commander. John 15, 13, it says, this is Jesus speaking as we, as we wrap things up. He says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus is saying, I'm not just a tyrant that is saying, you must do what I command or you go to hell. I, I, I end your friendship. I end your relationship by laying down my life. There is no greater love. I love you. Jesus is saying, I love you. God loves you. I love you. I laid out my life for you. I've proven my loyalty. I've proven my stake. I've earned my stake in your life. Now it's your turn to obey me. For you to come into a relationship with me you must obey my commands. I want to pray with you today. Just saying, Pastor, that is me. That is me. You may be online or you may be in church physically or in any of our locations. You're like, Pastor, that is me. I want Jesus as my commander. I see that he has died for me. I see that he has given his all for me. I want to surrender to him. I want to say, yes, sir, my commander, that is you, wherever you are. Put up your hand now over your head, over your, even if you are online, just shoot up that hand and put it back, down back. That is me, that is me. I'm going to turn it over to the um, RP right now. What a friend we have in Jesus. All heads bowed, all eyes still closed. Today is that time. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He wants you to have a limitless future. Limitless future. If you want Jesus to be your friend, afresh this morning, please just raise your hands. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. You don't need to stand up. Just raise your hand where you are and you'll get a white card from the ushers. If you are online, just indicate to the online pastors too at this time. Just raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. 
Jesus sees you, my brother. God bless you. The other hand that's on the right there. Don't put your hand down unless you get a card. Amen. Father, we thank you for this new entrance into the kingdom. And your friendship with them begins today and will be forever. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.